Hi, everybody. Welcome to the supersetyourlife.com hey podcast, where we're about designing a purpose-filled lifestyle, focusing on the most tangible application, fitness. In this fifth episode, we have the honor of interviewing the Miss Fixit of the keto world herself, Carol Freeman, aka Keto Carol. She and her staff teach women around the globe that have tried every diet in the book, implement the keto diet as a long-term health solution and lifestyle so they can finally feel happy with their food and their bodies. She happens to be a stand-up comedian and a producer as well, which is how the two of us met each other, was about a year ago at a comedy club in Seattle. She has a master's in nutrition, a master's in clinical health psychology, and is a certified clinical hypnotherapist. She may be contacted on her website, ketocarol.com, that is Carol with an E. She has a free seven-day fast and easy keto meal plan. You can apply for coaching on her website. And as a matter of fact, throughout the course of this episode, we became more and more intrigued about her coaching services, more educated on them, and at the end of it, we actually were inspired to have Taylor pursue her as a coach. I already have my own nutrition coach, and so Taylor is going to has, has been looking for a coach, and she is going to be working with Carol. She sent in an application, and it got approved, so we are amped. Taylor's going to get started there. Also, as per Carol's suggestion throughout, the, throughout this episode, we learned a lot, and something that I learned was that alcohol, when you're new to the ketogenic diet, which I'm still fairly new to it, um, alcohol can make it difficult to get used to the diet and to get keto adapted, which she will explain and the details are in the show notes on that. But I have agreed to accept the challenge that she gave me of having no alcohol for 60 days. I'm on day four right now and it's actually working pretty well. I'm still alive. I didn't know if I would make it this far. Um, I've also been challenged to increase my sodium dramatically. So that's something that I've been doing as well. Um, and then if you go if you go to the praise tab on her website, there's seemingly countless success stories of women that have lost 45 plus pounds and lives are changed by this lady and what she has been doing. She can be found on Instagram at at Keto Carol with an E at the end. Her podcast is on YouTube, which is The Carol Freeman. As a matter of fact, there's an episode with me on it and she can be found on Facebook at Carol Freeman. So with that, we give you the one, the only, Carol Freeman. Carol, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much, Colton Taylor. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. This is, this is an honor. So this is Keto Carol. I guess we can call me Keto Colt for this episode because oh I'm also in ketosis right now. At least I think I am. I'm not 100% sure. Um, so we're going to find out. This is, this, is a, this is a moment of truth. Have you, have you seen these before? This is, a, this is the breathalyzer. Oh boy. Okay. Did you order that on Amazon? No, I got it direct from the supplier. I don't know what company that is, but it is bio biosense. Yeah. There's, I heard about it on a, on a podcast by keto savage. He's Mm, uh, a, yep. Robert Sykes. I've been on a cruise with him. him. Oh, he's the coolest guy ever. Yeah. He, he, yeah, yeah, we're pretty tight. We, uh, we, we compete in the same, federation actually he's a pro and i'm an amateur and i've been trying to get into that federation and keep coming really close but 
haven't quite got there yet. So ah. he, he's exactly where I want to be. Okay. So he speaks really highly of this thing. Um, do you do ah. any, any type of testing yourself? I, I don't. You look like you're taking a breathalyzer to go. <laughs> I feel like I'm vaping or something. Like, no, like an alcohol breathalyzer. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what a lot of the, the that type, the technology is actually based on that. And so uh, the breathalyzers actually measure acetone in your breath, which is a ketone. And you produce some of that while you're uh, in alcoholic mode. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I keep getting, I keep getting a three, which is low. So I, I, I don't think I'm in ketosis. And so that's, Actually, what I wanted to talk to you about. So, uh, do do you keep your protein pretty low typically then for 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 the keto diet? No. Um, so that's one of the 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 misconceptions or misunderstandings out there is that there is a medical therapeutic ketogenic diet, which a, a lot of people that are trying to lose weight with a ketogenic diet they take that and they think, well, this is how we do weight loss. Um, so medically therapeutic diet, you know, the origins of that are in treating little kids with epilepsy. Um, and we don't want them losing weight. In fact, we want them eating enough calories that they gain weight. And so right. you, you're going to make ketones from burning fat. And that fat can either come off of your body or it can come from what you're eating in your food. And so with little children who need a medically therapeutic ketogenic diet, they're not going to be burning their body fat. They're going to be having to get the ketones because they're burning fat from a very high fat diet. Right. And again, the calories need to be in such a, an amount that they're going to pre, you know, prevent weight loss and actually promote weight gain. And so this is where the, you know, the, the 80 to 90% high fat diet comes from is in this origins of the ketogenic diet, or wow. the, the therapeutic ketogenic diet. And so, you know, the people that need to follow that are going to be you know, brain cancer, Alzheimer's, uh, you know, re, um, you know, types of epilepsy that, you know, are resistant to medication. Yeah. People that don't want to lose weight and also have a very serious metabolic or not metabolic, but, um, uh, medical issue that they're trading with their ketogenic diet. So people that are trying to lose body fat with a ketogenic diet, you actually want ketones because your body's burning its own body fat. And in the context of a low carb diet for people that are not trying to have a medical therapeutic diet and that don't have type two diabetes, it turns out that the protein amount does not impact ketones. As long as you're burning uh, in a calorie deficit, ketones uh, are gonna be rather high. So um, the breath meters, they're not that accurate for actually checking ketones um, because they're measuring uh, you know, your breath acetone and not the blood uh, beta hydroxybutyrate. Wow. So there's different types of ketones. Um, you can measure them in your urine and in your blood and in your breath. And, you know, the true definition of ketosis is that the osis means it's in your blood. So right. to be in ketosis, you need to check your blood. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like a finger I, prick, I've, like for diabetics. I've, I've heard of that method too. So, but also, also, Colt, know that it's really, really, totally normal that your ketones vary all day long. Just like if you were to check your blood pressure right now versus five minutes, if you stood up really quickly and check your blood pressure again, it'd be very different. So, wow. your ketones are going to be the lowest in the evening, um, and also, you know, it, assuming you haven't eaten recently, but also right after you eat, they're going to be the lowest. So yeah. for my clients that want to check ketones, I recommend blood testing because that's the gold standard. 
and first thing in the morning, fasted, um, you know, after a glass of water, but no other food or, or um, beverage, checking them first thing in the morning, because that's when they're going to be the highest. Right. Um, you fasted overnight, you haven't had any food, um, that's where you're going to get a, a baseline measurement. And that's typically where we see when people are following, you know, for fat burning, fat loss, they're going to get, you know, between a 0.5 and a you know three or five oh or something like that depending on what percentage of fat they're burning so okay um, also somebody that's very lean like you you have some fat to burn but not a ton um your ketones are never going to be super high unless you eat a super high fat diet so oh well i've been eating quite a bit of fat i've been having around 150 200 grams a day and that's compared to the 10 grams a day that I used to have like every single day. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you get to only 10 grams a day unless you're eating pure protein powder, but <laughs> that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. It was, it was just like really lean fish. I would, I wouldn't even eat chicken because that has a little more fat in it. And so I was sticking like primarily to tuna, but it was yeah. crazy though, because literally that's what I had to do to stay lean. And if I'd if I bumped it up at all, it was crazy. I would, I would literally store it. And, and, and a week later, I would notice it. And so to, to get it off and keep it off, I had to have the carbs high and the fat low, which is the traditional bro way of dieting, right? Where you have mm. high, high protein, high, and then as much carbs as you can and basically minimize the fat. But, but that after, was when you were on prep, though. And that's not like, yeah, that wasn't your lifestyle. That was when you're on Right. And, and Robert Sykes really inspired me because I because when I when I did the keto diet years ago I remember feeling so good and enjoying it so much because it was so simple and I never ever craved carbs when I was on it and when I did it I remember saying to myself man if I wasn't a bodybuilder I would literally never eat carbs but I thought I needed them to fill out and to train and then I look at a guy like that and then I find out that there's other athletes that that are that, that do similar to what I do and they don't have carbs and that that's what inspired me to kind of try it. Now my workouts are great and I'm still getting good pumps and everything. And I'm like, wow, like if, if I, if I can, if I, if I can beat the way I used to look doing this, then I probably won't ever eat carbs again. Literally. I, I, I love it. I love how I feel. Love, love how I think. Do you notice that your, your, your mental alertness is just way sharp is way more sharp when you're in ketosis and when you haven't had carbs I assume oh, you know. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's a very even keel uh, energy state to be in. And, you know, you get to be my age. Uh, I'm 49. I'll be 59. And if you are 59, 59. <laughs> <laughs> 50 in a, in a few months. Um, and, you know, there's brain decline. My family has a history of diabetes and stroke and Alzheimer's, not Alzheimer's, but dementia. Yeah. And, you know, there's age related decline that, that, you know, decades of living the lifestyle that I have which is not keto before this, but um, yeah. And so it's, it's uh, you know, an even energy state and your brain um, really loves ketones. So that's yeah. a yeah, totally normal thing that people. That was, that um, was the notice. biggest. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. That was, I just love this topic, but that, that, that was, that was one of the biggest things I noticed is that my energy doesn't, it, it doesn't come and go like with carbs. It's, it's very black and white and, uh, and I'm either full or I'm flat. I'm either energized yeah. or I'm not. <laughs> And right, right. Now it's just like the, the the pumps are never really quite as good as when I had carbs, but I, I can always get a pump with, with no no problem. Mm. Sure as heck not as cranky as you used to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mood stable, energy stable. Yeah. And sleeping less. Appetite. I, I don't sleeping I don't feel less like but deeper. Deeper sleep, better mm -hmm. sleep, but less of it. Like I don't need as much. Yeah, yeah. 
It's really weird. Yeah. If you haven't heard of it yet, get a copy of Ben Bickman's new book, The Why We Get Sick. Um, okay. All about insulin resistance. Uh, this is my new top recommended book, uh, insulin resistance, and uh, you know, kind of understanding, um, you know, how the body processes carbohydrates and things like that, and and the insulin exposure is really what's driving most. Of, here I am. <laughs> being a guest on your podcast and talking about somebody else, you should get him on, uh, <laughs> you know, the primary driver of all chronic we'll illness. Put that on our list. Got. Yeah. So when insulin is, is, is high, it actually, uh, you know, affects the brain even that it makes your, um, increases your appetite and, and yeah. Yeah. Whenever, whenever I eat carbs, it doesn't matter how much I eat. It always makes me hungry. So like I'll eat protein and fat and be satisfied and be full yeah. and then I'll eat yeah. carbs and then I'm hungry again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that increase in insulin from those carbs actually uh, tells your body to stop letting fat out of the cells for fuel, and you then have to start to burn those carbohydrates. And when, depending on your level of insulin resistance, um, that's going to suppress, um, you know, your appetite inhibition to a different level too. So. Yeah. Wow. Do you do you track your macros? Uh, it depends on what I'm working on. So I've been doing this for more than five years now. Um, and so most days I do not. I just follow like, you know, kind of what would be considered lazy keto, but it just depends on, you know, if I'm trying to tighten things up, then I will track and weigh and measure everything. Um, yeah. For my clients, especially, you know, they're starting out or they're stuck in a plateau, then, you know, weighing and measuring everything and tracking everything is, uh, you know, a foundational piece that, you can't get past a plateau unless you're doing that. So do most of your clients start the keto diet inspired to lose weight or for health purposes? Yeah. I, I specialize in working with women that are 40 plus that have dieted their whole lives and they're looking to follow keto as a long-term lifestyle for sustainable weight loss. Wow. I love how specific your, your, your niche is. And that's what I'm finding too, is that for a long time I was, I was a, I'm a certified personal trainer and it left it at that. I'm yeah. like, I don't, I don't want to alienate anybody. And then I found it very difficult to, uh, to focus on anybody. And then I, I realized when I was, when I was training for a competition, you know, the last thing I would want would be a general personal trainer. I want somebody exactly. that specializes in contest prep. Right, right. Exactly. Right. So let's say you've got like a, uh, an elbow injury. Like, do you want somebody that's like, Oh, I can do ears and elbows and knees and toes and everything. No or, way. or are you going to find the one that's like, ah, it's uh, elbows is all I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh. What got you started on um, just doing the keto diet? Is it just for weight loss or? Oh, this is fun. Yeah. This is a story that Colt doesn't even know about me. Um, so I actually, I have an undergrad and a master's degree in nutrition. I have a uh, master's degree in clinical health psychology. I have a certification in clinical hypnotherapy, and I've always wanted to try to solve the puzzle of how do I help women uh, feel good mentally and physically lose weight and, and keep it off. And so I got all the degrees and I'm still paying on the uh, six figures and student loans to prove it. And um, <laughs> The, you know, it didn't, it, all the while going through five years of, of schooling at Bastyr University, um, following everything, which, you know, there's no school right now that's teaching like, you know, keto is sustainable weight loss. Um, you know, I gained 30 pounds through school and then I ended up in a horrible car accident in, um, 2014. And, um, 
and that set me um, into disability, basically. I was bed, bedridden for the better part of a year and a half. Um, my symptoms, my weight kept going up, but also my symptoms list just kept growing longer and longer and longer. So it turns out that I'd had a undiagnosed brain, uh, traumatic brain injury in the car accident, uh, as well as, um, you know, crush injuries to my legs and I had chronic pain syndrome that was developing in my legs that had me, uh, you know, bedridden. Both of those together, just basically bedridden. Um, you know, after 172 different doctor's visits, um, I'd finally figured out that I had a, a missed um, traumatic brain injury diagnosis, and I likely had what's called hypo, uh, post-traumatic hypopituitarism, which is pituitary dysfunction after a traumatic brain injury. Yeah. And this finally accounted for every symptom that I had, which I would go to doctor after doctor, and they're just like, are you sure you're just not depressed? And, I was like, <laughs> um, and so when I found, found out what this was, uh, I knew I needed, and I believe really strongly that if you eat correctly, your body can heal itself. And um, I, I tried the best that I could, like, what do I know that can help heal the brain? And I remembered about this much information about a ketogenic diet for epilepsy. And I reasoned that, well, if it, if it works for epilepsy, which is something wrong with the brain, perhaps it's something to look in for what I'm going through. So at this point, I started to read research. The first stuff I ran across was uh, Dr. Peter Atia at that time was doing his own experiments with uh, ketogenic diet. And he's very nerdy science, super smart. And all of his blog posts, posts really spoke to me because I wanted to do something that was going to work and not, I wasn't in the beginning, I wasn't just like, oh, I want to lose weight. I just wanted to heal my brain so I could get back out of bed again. And um, so the more I read about it, I thought, oh my gosh, okay, this is going to give my brain an alternative fuel source. And that will allow me to then get out of bed and just get back to work. Because I learned through school that there really isn't a good way to help people lose weight, that if they lose weight, they're likely going to regain it. And so instead we should just help everyone learn to love themselves the way they are. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I didn't have that as a primary goal. Um, now my past history, when I would try a diet, a restricted diet, um, I couldn't make it usually about more than two meals. Um, so I was a really bad dieter. Um, I, but I was so desperate for keto to work with me for me that I threw everything at it that I'd ever studied. And, and long before I had my degrees, I'd always been really fascinated with, um, the, the brain chemistry and the neurochemistry of appetite and cravings and addiction and behavior change. And so I'd studied that even more than the wow. nutrition side. And so because I was so desperate to get my life back and to get out of being disabled and, you know, at the time I'm getting all of my food at the food bank, like this is how bad things had gotten for me. So I was so desperate. I created my own approach to keto that was like it. I threw everything at it that I ever studied about how do I make sure that I don't have cravings that are going to make me derail this? Uh, how do I facilitate long-term behavior change? How do I follow keto in a way that's really simple and easy and uh, sustainable, you know, that's doable for me on a day-to-day -day basis. And so I created my own approach that like, I was like, I'm so desperate for this to work. I'm going to throw everything at it that I possibly have ever learned. And it worked. And, you know, within just a few days um, not only did I have my energy back, but the chronic pain syndrome that was in my legs that is um, one that's uh, n doctors say is not reversible. And it actually is considered to be the worst pain that a human can experience is the specific type of pain syndrome I was having. 
um, it started to subside. And so the longer I stayed with it, the more symptoms just disappeared. And then I also lost 60 pounds in six months that felt like it was effortless. Holy moly. For the first, first time in my life that I'd, it, the weight loss felt effortless. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I, I think this is finally the missing piece of the puzzle, right? Because I'd studied all these things, I had all these degrees, and it was, finally was the thing. So um, after, you know, of course, losing weight, people always want to know, well, what's your secret? What are you doing? And so that uh, led me then to create the, the programs and support and coaching that I offer now. Um, I teach everybody, here's everything that I did that makes this so much more successful, focusing on not only the, you know, the cravings and appetite piece of it, but also just the psychology of behavior change. Wow. Um, so really bad car accident. That's the short answer. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's incredible. And, and that it just makes, makes it very obvious why you have the following that you do and why you have the community that, that you do, because that's a very, very compelling story that you have from personal experience that I bet a lot of people can relate to. And it's very inspiring. Well, it just shows that food is medicine. Like mm-hmm. if you use it properly, it heals your body. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Well, and, and, and hopefully, you know, it took that horrible car accident for me to get that piece of the puzzle that I was missing. Yeah. And I hope to bring that to so many more women around the world that they don't have to go that far. They don't have to wait until they're disabled from, uh, you know, injuries and metabolic problems that we can actually help them correct this course uh, that we've been led down the last 50 years of terrible nutrition advice. Right. Uh, so we can help help them get off that yo-yo dieting roller coaster. Yeah, it's been horrible nutrition advice. Everything yeah. that everything that you hear, the the RDAs, recommended daily allowances. I mean, th- those are none of those are even accurate. You know, when when it, when it comes to like vitamin C, for example, I was I was reading in you know you know who Sean Baker is, obviously yeah. um, the yeah. carnivore diet guy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so a lot of the carnivore diet um, gurus get uh, get ridiculed for not having enough vitamin C and not having enough of things that you typically get from plants, not so much from meat. But um, but but apparently the more vitamin, the more glucose you consume, it increases your need for vitamin C. So somebody will eat an orange for the vitamin C in it, but you're just making yourself need more of it because of the sugar in it. So they're literally just canceling each other out. Right. So the same thing with thiamine, which is vitamin B1. Um, You know, the primary job in the body of thiamine is glucose metabolism, (laughs) carbohydrate metabolism. So if you're eating a low carb diet, we don't actually know, well, do we need very much thiamine? Uh, Luckily, you know, a three or four ounce portion of pork covers your daily need even with the old RDA of thiamine. So it's not that hard to get it, but that's just, yeah. One example that the whole RDA system is set, um, you know, based on a high carbohydrate diet or a moderate moderate carbohydrate diet. So we don't have those studies to know what do we truly need in, you know, when our body's actually working correctly. And those studies were done decades ago and we're, and we're still using that. We're we're using completely outdated nutritional advice. We're still using that food pyramid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the food pyramid is a thing of the past. Thankfully, we've got my plate now, right. uh, you know, which makes sure you have a glass of milk with every meal. That's, that's <laughs> my plate model. But uh, yeah, most people don't realize. So I, I used to teach nutrition classes down in uh, Portland, actually. Um, and so the, you know, a lot of the RDAs aren't necessarily based on research. They're based on, they look at populations and they see like, 
uh, well, this percentage of the population didn't get this illness if uh, they had this amount of it. So let's just set that as a recommended amount. So exactly, they, it's just a correlation. That they they'll, they'll have different, yeah, different need. stories of discovery, and and a lot of the vitamins actually weren't even discovered uh, except for in the last century. So that's how new most of this, um, you know, the science is of nutrition. Yeah. Uh, so, so what are your, what are your thoughts on dairy? Do you consume dairy? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I know that there's, you know, the, the pro dairy and the not dairy and the dairy's bad and all this kind of stuff, but, um, you know, it depends on what somebody's concern is. And so, um, you know, you need to have dairy products that are low in carbs, right? So that eliminates a lot of dairy, right? So, you know, milk and most yogurt, um, you know, some soft cheeses and things like that are going to be too high in carbohydrates. So for example, a cup of milk naturally has 16 grams of carbs in it. And so that's yeah. too much, you know, uh, you know, carbohydrates. It's, for it's, most it's, people. it's pretty low glycemic index, but still the carbohydrates. It's not, it's, well, it's, but uh, it's not necessarily about glycemic index and also your food glycemic index is one food all by itself in isolation and nobody eats it. Uh, meals like that. Um, Yeah. And so it's about your total carbohydrate load. Um, So you need to burn through carbohydrates before you can get to fat burning. And so every carb that you eat is replacing what could be fat burning. Um, So milk is off the table. It's not something that fits for most people on a ketogenic diet. Um, And so as long as people are tracking, weighing and measuring their food, um, dairy, I have not found, found has any, uh, um, effect on whether some p- people stall or how fast they can lose weight or not. Yeah. I find that uh, the people that aren't tracking or weighing, they're the ones that say, oh gosh, I can't eat dairy. It makes me stall. Well, it's because they're over consuming it and not measuring it. So yeah, maybe because you're putting you're, a, you're just a sour, pint of ice cream. That's your problem. <laughs> well, or they're putting a cup of sour cream on whatever they're eating. And that's actually way too many carbohydrates as well. So, right. you know, a few tablespoons of sour cream can fit Um, Or, you know, people are having a cup of heavy cream. Well, it's keto, so I can have as much as possible. But when they're actually tracking, there's carbs in that too. And that adds up. So again, it all boils down to if people are tracking correctly, they're not going to have any issues with dairy. Um, Also, you know, another part that people feel like is, you know, dairy causes some people um, inflammation or something like that. It, it turns out that in the ketogenic date state, our body's inflammation goes down so low so quickly that those type of things, those former things that you know cause a immune response or excessive inflammation, they just are like a little blip. They don't even make that much of a difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, so two months ago, I was I was consuming about four hundred grams of carbs a day, and it was all sweet potatoes. It's my favorite source of carbs. So that, that's literally the only source of carbs I was eating. And even though it's hypothetically a a anti-inflammatory food with a lot of anti-inflammatory properties is still glucose at the end of the day. It's still carbohydrates. And, and, and I was, and I I was training hard and I'm still training as hard as I, as as I was, but now I'm in a ketogenic state and my inflammation is gone. My, my, my wrist used to chronically hurt every single day at every single, every single press. And so I'd put CBD on it and I'd be putting the wrist wraps on. And now I don't have to do any of that. My wrists feel great. My knees feel great. My hips feel great. I don't have any injuries right now. I, and, I, and I just, I feel really good. Yeah, we've got uh, the researchers, if you follow, followed uh, Ryan Lowry and um, 
oh dude what's his partner down there in in florida um i can see his face i can't remember his name right now i haven't seen him for a while so they've they've done research on all that um you know performance ketogenic and uh weight training and lifting and that kind of stuff and basically what they found that that when you're in the ketogenic state the injuries don't even happen in the first place and yeah. so there's no recovery time or anything like that it's like your body's already in a good state and yeah my kitty's expression on the door but so um, you mentioned before that you tried a whole bunch of other diets what are some of the other diets that you've tried before that didn't work as well Oh yeah. I mean, I started at, uh, 19 years of age and, uh, I, you know, did diet center, which, you know, was extremely low calorie, low fat. Uh, but also you had to eat one apple a day. I remember this, like the lady who invented this was like, well, the apple has pectin and that's good for your digestive system. So you have to eat one apple a day. Uh, yeah. So it was like a thousand calories a day. And this was back in, uh, probably like 1991 and I was paying um, like $40 a week, which was really expensive to go in and, you know, get weighed every week, basically. Kind of like Weight uh, Watchers. Wow. Oh, and it, it was way more extreme. There was no group meetings though. Um, it was just one-on-one, kind of more like a Jenny Craig thing. But, you know, I've tried Jenny Craig and, you know, the processed packaged foods were just like, this is, doesn't taste good. And also this is, a, you know, this is my portion I have to eat. Like that's never going to be satisfying. Yeah, and, 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 and they're um, so expensive, which is weird because you're paying more for less food. It's like, shouldn't yeah. that be cheaper? Yeah. <laughs> Weight Watchers I've tried. I mean, uh, I actually tried Atkins, um, uh, which is essentially the same as keto. It's just getting mm-hmm. rebranded, but, um, uh, oh gosh, that was probably like in 2004, 2005. I tried Atkins for about, two meals. Uh, that's about as far as I could get into it because I just didn't understand, um, the process of getting to ketosis. And also I just didn't have the big enough. Why I didn't have a big enough reason why I wanted to do keto. I just wanted to lose some weight. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't know about ketosis. Um, I didn't know that you had to get through the three to five days to even get into ketosis before you get um, rid of the appetite and stuff. So yeah, yeah, I made it about two meals and I'm like, ah, screw this. This isn't worth it. Um, yeah. The first couple of days suck. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you know, the fat flush and eat, um, what's it called? They eat, um, we did the fat flush, didn't we? Nineties. No, uh, I did uh food combining. Um, I've done, vegetarian vegan 100 percent whole foods oh okay so what'd you feel like on the vegan diet oh i I immediately was sick i would uh my liver doesn't actually store any b12 and so i was immediately iron deficient immediately um a lot of people so your liver will store b12 which is the primary nutrient there's a bunch of nutrients that you're missing on vegan diet but b12 is the major one that you can't get on a vegan diet without supplementation and most people's liver have somewhere up to six months storage of B12. Mine didn't have any. Huh. So as soon as I uh, started a vegan diet, I just was uh, fatigued and tired. And, and my doctor at the time checking, he was a naturopath checking my blood levels. And he's like, you're already anemic. Like you need to eat some meat. And I'm like, no, it's so bad for you. I'm going to stick with it. And <laughs> couldn't, couldn't do it. So yeah. 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 Literally the only thing I've eaten for the last, two months now i think i think it's been about two months at least a month and a half has just been it's just been meat and, mm. I, I, and I love it it's kind of hard to hit like actual keto 
macros with it though, because your protein obviously goes really high. So, so keeping the protein lower is kind of a challenge, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't even know if I should be where, where, where my protein should be. I'm still trying to play around with it and see what exactly feels the best. So, so when you get, cause I don't, so I don't do a keto diet. I probably will not. I'm listening to you two talk about it. You have me all excited, but can you feel <laughs> like your body when it's like, does it feel different when it's in ketosis? Yeah. I mean, from the moment you wake up in the morning, I mean, there's a huge long list of all the things that make you feel better. So, you know, the first noticeable thing is that uh, you wake up in the morning, you have the same love of energy all day long. So you wake up, you're alert, you need less sleep. And so you wake up feeling much more refreshed, yep. ready to go. Your energy is just stable even all day long. Whereas, you know, I have friends now that like, they need to go take a nap in the afternoon, you know, two to five hours because they ate, you know, a high carb meal. And so just even stable energy all day long. Uh, Appetite is very low. Like food is kind of an afterthought. Um, Cravings generally are are very low mental clarity. um, But also for me, just uh, over time, a lot of other things in my body just started to get better. Like you know, my mom told me at 40 years old, like, oh, you just wake up and your ankles are stiff. And it was like three months into keto. I realized like, wait a minute, I wake up in the morning and I just can walk like nothing stiff at all. Yeah. Um, let's see. So uh, you, you're a mom. So you have, you've had a, a kid. So we're told as women that like, after you have a child, that it's just normally you have urinary incontinence that when you laugh or sneeze, you got to put your legs together to hold the urine in that went away for me. And every single person that I've worked with as a, as a mom, they'll just share that randomly, like on their journey, like, is this a weird thing? This went away for me. And I said, no, every single woman I've worked with, that's a mom, their urinary continence has gone away. Um, skin skin tags as well. So like, you know, my whole family had the little, you know, like little tiny, uh, nubs of skin tags, you know, around your neck, all of those disappeared. That's also a sign of insulin resistance. Uh, my skin just, uh, reverse aging. So most of my family was just like, you look 10 years younger than you did prior to doing keto. All of my, so like my elbows and knees are just super soft. Whereas before they were kind of dry and scaly, which they, you know, they say is like a normal part of aging. And you just got to put a lot of moisture on there. It's like, I'm down here in the desert and my elbows have no dry skin whatsoever on them. Um, your arms ever. Well, so the back of your arms, so that's the, a lot of times that can be um, vitamin insufficiencies, but I never really had that. Yeah. Um, But that also goes away. Um, My mom has it. My sisters all have it, but that'd be nice if that went away. (laughs) Yeah. Normal blood pressure, um, you know, triglycerides and blood glucose going down to normal. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Uh, Like, uh, uh, I thought that I was, I was doomed to having like the toenail fungus. So if you guys have, your parents have any of that or family members you've seen where like the, the toenail just looks like, Ooh, stay away from me. No. That reversed. Um, it's, it's one of those, like it's a super thick, like bumpy toenail. So my dad has that. Yeah. Uh, was, so, uh, what, what else has gotten better? Um, I'm looking at, well, hang on. I'm, I'm looking at my toenails now and I've had that my whole life, but they're gone now. <laughs> yeah. I'm not it's even a, kidding. So I, I started blogging my journey, like every month I would have a, a new blog post about all the things that were getting better. And the longer I did it, the more things I was like, oh my gosh, and that got better too. Um, my son, um, you know, went through a period of following it along with me as well. And he was somebody that had 
you know, chronic acne, cystic acne, like his back and his face and everything. Yeah, I've really heard, I've really heard people's acne improves. Well, this was one of the things related to dairy as well, because a lot of times people think like, well, dairy causes the acne. Um, and he would do like the best he ever got, like through middle school and high school was when he did eliminate dairy, his skin would get better, but he would still have a lot of surface like blackheads and things like that. And so when he started keto, he was kind of, I told him, I said, you know, what I've seen actually is because it helps the immune system and the inflammation go down so much that you can have dairy and still do keto. So that was his approach. Like, I'm going to go for it. So he did all the keto friendly dairy as much as he wanted, tons of cheese and, uh, just, you know, sour cream and, and cream and everything like that. And that was the first time in his life that his acne completely went away. Not only the, the cystic, but also the surface, like wow. blackheads and, and everything else. So um, it's all related to <laughs> the insulin resistance. So yeah, it was pretty remarkable. Wow. Okay. So I have another question. Do you um, have any experience coaching like breastfeeding moms at all? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, for breastfeeding moms, we want to make sure they're getting adequate protein because protein is kind of one of the primary signals to our body that we're having adequate nourishment. So, um, so as long as you're getting adequate protein, um, milk supply is in great demand, yeah. not great demand, but a plenty supply. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Cause my, yeah. cause I've always heard, um, cause this is our second baby that I've breastfed. And so our second baby in general, but, um, <laughs> I've always heard that, you know, you want to be careful not to cut your calories because it's the amount of calories that count. Yeah. Well, when I first, when I had my first client that was breastfeeding, I was kind of worried about that myself. But what I found as long as, um, as long as we were getting our adequate protein. So I did make sure that our protein intake was a little bit higher than what I would have, um, my average client do just as an insurance marker. Yeah. And so she lost weight very easily. You know, her calories just naturally came down because she just wasn't as hungry, but right. she had a, a, you know, a very plentiful, uh, milk supply. Well, I'm not worried about several other clients. So yeah, our daughter's nine months old. So we're on the downswing of her being closer to a year. So I'll be weaning her then. But yeah, I'm definitely very intrigued. I think I, I, I think know. I think you I think you have a new client, Carol. <laughs> 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 I'm not, I'm not going to coach you on the keto diet for, for two weeks. Um, well, good, because what you would need is going to be very different than what she needs. So right. <laughs> that, and, and, and I actually don't coach any of my clients on the keto diet because this is still an experiment for me. I'm still new to it. Yeah. So I'm still coaching everybody the way that I know how to coach, which is the bro way. And it is <laughs> with, with carbs. But yeah, the second reason is because she's my wife and the last person on earth anybody should train is their spouse so well oh yeah any family members in general we should all refer them to other people because yeah yeah because it, it feels weird if you charge them but if you don't charge them they don't take it seriously yeah and even then they're still going to be mad at you no matter what too so <laughs> yeah <laughs> Do, have you heard uh dr ken barry no okay so he's uh he's a physician keto space uh, he, he calls it the powdered butt syndrome. So anybody who's ever powdered your butt won't listen to what you have to say. So <laughs> uh, I agree with that. So now you, you were listening. Are you, I want to make sure are you getting enough salt is, are you, do you know about how much salt you need to be? Oh, I, I cover everything liberally in salt, but actually are you measuring? Do you know you're getting, you know, you probably need for what you're doing like five to 10 grams of sodium a day. 
Well, I, I, I have I have a lot of salt. Her mom salts everything like crazy, and I and, and I take her cooking style. So yeah, no. I, I want I, you to I want you tomorrow to go measure out. Okay. So uh, t- so ten grams is going to be about five teaspoons of salt. Holy moly, yeah. that's a lot of salt. Right, and so because you're all the training you're doing, you're going to need a lot higher. So. In so my clients that I'm working with, the very minimum I have them add, in addition to whatever they put on their food, they need to consume an extra teaspoon. That's just two grams, but um, most people need somewhere between six. You know, around six grams ends up being kind of optimal health. So in the ketogenic state, your kidneys actually, when insulin is low, your kidneys are freely releasing sodium, and so in the ketogenic state, you have to um, your needs for sodium are very high, and when you're training on top of that, you need even more than that. So, yeah. um, so the symptoms of in, let's see if any of these ring true for you then. So the symptoms of inadequate sodium intake are going to be muscle cramps, constipation, uh, lightheaded dizziness, um, cravings, fatigue. So if you're having any of those, um, pretty much all those, um, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not very, I'm not okay. very regular because I don't, so, I That's don't the number any. one sign of not enough sodium. Well, I don't, I don't eat, I don't eat any plants. So it doesn't I, matter. That's a myth. Totally a myth. <laughs> totally a myth. Um, you don't need plants to help you go to the but, bathroom. But, I, but, but Carol, honestly though, I, I, I don't, I don't feel constipated though. I, 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 um, I, I feel, I feel light and I, and, and that, and that, that's kind of a carnivore meat, meat only thing is that you don't have to, you don't have to go near as much, which is annoying because get like everybody, when, when they find out that I don't eat plants, they're like, you don't eat plants. And I'm like, no. Yeah. And, and, and then everybody asks, well, how do you poop? And I'm like, we're, we're having a conversation. And, and, and why is everybody upset? Why is that what everybody wants to know? Don't you have more important things to think about than how often, than, than how often I poop? <laughs> but are you having muscle cramps? Um, I have, yes. Yeah, calf cramps. You wake up in early in the morning, Charlie horse. Yep. Yeah, that's a sign of inadequate sodium intake. So yeah, if and you pro- get- probably magnesium too. I think magnesium. It, it, sodium is-, is going to be the number one. Oh. Yeah, well, this is the biggest thing that's missed out there on the whole internet world. Well, I'll, I'll do more um, sodium then, but yeah, but 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 you got to measure and track it. You got to find your optimum out. Right now, I have my coaches doing a. Okay, I'll start tracking it. Salt challenge. Um, so yeah, again, for somebody training like you, um, uh, you know, you're going to need five, six grams, probably even closer to 10 grams. So my, my good friend there in Kirkland, um, when he was really heavily training, he found that 10 grams of sodium a day was actually his sweet spot, um, to keep away the, the, the symptoms. Yeah, I've, so, I've never, I've never tracked it. So salt. I'm definitely, I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely going to do that now. I love putting it in my coffee. Do you put it in your coffee? Yeah, I do actually a hundred percent. Uh, iced coffee here and I put probably two teaspoons uh, in four cups of coffee in the morning iced coffee every morning so yeah and, and it's like the more the better like I, I love salty coffee it's freaking good mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it, like you can taste the cream better whatever else you're putting in sometimes I use ghee butter or MCT oil or just whatever keto supplement I decide to put in there so yeah it's amazing how people will feel tired and their immediate and their immediate thought is oh I need food or worse yet, I need carbs. And mm-hmm. I, 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 I was tired today because I woke up at two o'clock and wasn't able to go back to sleep, but it wasn't anything diet related. It was because of a lot of business things that are happening right now that I was really excited about and couldn't stop thinking about. So 
Um, but so anyways, I started getting tired halfway through the day and I just went to Starbucks and got a, uh, a decaf. So I didn't even have any caffeine. I just got a big decaf Americana with a whole bunch of ice and a whole bunch of salt and some cream. And that, and that was it. And I felt amazing. And now my energy is super high and I've had my, I don't know, my calories are certainly under 500. I've had maybe 400 calories today. And so I'm going to have to eat a big meal after this just because I haven't, I literally haven't had time to eat. I've just been, I've just been go, 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 but my energy is super high and you don't, you don't need as much food as, as you think you do. And certainly, and certainly not carbs. Yeah. What's been so nice is your decrease in the amount we've had to meal prep. Oh yeah. That's, that's the other thing I, I love about keto is, is, yeah. um, is if you're tracking macros, that simplifies things. Cause now you got two, you got two categories, not three. Salt and meat, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, uh, yeah, I mean, if you ever, I've, I've gone out to eat with Sean Baker before and it's what, like, yeah, no you, way. you go to look through my, uh, Instagram or not my Instagram, my Facebook photos. Yeah. Uh, it's fun to go to the, you know, the all-you-can-eat um, Brazilian steakhouse with. Uh, oh yeah, John that's Baker that's my favorite restaurant. Which one did you go to? Um, so this would have been in San Diego. It's probably uh, Boca de Chao or like what's the other one that's down there? We have Novios here. That's our favorite. Novios. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, so good. They, they don't have that in San Diego. I'm trying to remember the one we went to, but yeah, it's. Uh, do, do they do they have picanha? Picanha, however you pronounce it. It's the sirloin steak that's like folded over and sliced really thin. Probably. I mean, I've gone through so, so many of those. Yeah. I don't know if you follow the, the Keto Gains community or not on um, Facebook uh, or their website. Actually, like usually whenever there's a keto conference, back when we could meet for conferences, yeah. I would, you know, tag along to theirs. I'm really good friends with the founders of, of Keto Gains. And um, so, you know, there were probably at least a couple of times that we had a meat buffet and, and Sean Baker was there too. And you know, he, he, uh, you probably know he's, he's known for eating one meal a day and just like four or five pounds of, of steak is what yeah, he does. That guy, so yeah, like, oh yeah. That guy puts it down. Yeah. He eats a lot and, and he's insanely strong too, which makes me mad because he doesn't even, he doesn't even train for sports at all, but he's 10 times stronger than I am. I, I, he, yeah. He, he, he he's, he's, a, he's a big manly dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ladies all go, who oh, there's Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know there were keto conventions or conferences. You didn't? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I've spoke, I've spoke at several of them and um, yeah, we're missing out on the prime season for it right now. So everyone's missing out on conference season right now. (laughs) It's just for the summer. So you were listing all the benefits that you experienced on the ketogenic diet and one of, and something that I don't believe that I heard, but I imagine you probably experienced because it's something I definitely experienced is an increased amount of creativity and you yeah. being a stand-up comedian, do you find, uh, how long have you been doing stand-up? You've been doing it longer than you've been doing the keto diet, right? No. Well, and it's, it's funny. I, I've talked to several comedian friends. I was like, how do we count this now? Like with COVID going on, we can't do comedy. Do we get, do we still get to count this time as being a comedian, <laughs> even though we're not being a comedian? Um, so it's, you know, for me, it's about two and a half years that I've been doing it. Oh, so same, um, same as me then. Yeah. And, uh, um, so I've always found, I don't remember how far back that I've always had, had like one creative outlet and I'll cycle through different things. Um, and so it was about two and a half years ago that, you know, a very significant, uh, incident in my life happened where I'd always wanted to do stand up comedy. I grew up in a family of, um, 
you know, people that we just listen to Eddie Murphy and Steve Martin and Robin Williams all the time. And, oh, my and favorites. So just, things just lined up that I could, I was like, I'm going to go do this finally. And um, so I, I've always had like, and then when I started doing stand-up comedy, it's like, every, you know, the other creative outlet I had before, which at that time was like nail art that I was doing was like, oh, I don't have time for this. I don't care anymore. And I found actually that, so I don't, for me, it hasn't been related to ketosis or anything. Um, and, you know, recently, like I, you know, I can't go out and do any comedy now. So I've kind of started toying around with like doing letter art and writing handmade cards for people. It's like something to do with my brain. But I have found, um, Colt, though, that for my clients that, you know, these ladies have dieted for decades of their life, right? And they're used to every waking moment, they're worried, they're guilty, they feel shamed about their body and what they're eating and how they can't figure this out is that finally after they work with me through the program and they finally get this like aha clarity about like, oh my God, I know what I've been doing wrong. I think I can live this forever. They end up with like 90% of their brain power now is no longer worried or obsessed or feeling guilt and shame about what they're eating in their body. They end up, they end up needing some kind of a creative outlet. So I never thought about it like the, the mental clarity that they were getting. I thought about it from the aspect that like, 90% of what they always spent their mental energy on is gone. So now they end up with, their, you know, they wow. art or some kind of a, you know, physical activity that they really get into or travel or spend more time with their family and stuff like that. And so yeah. that's what I've noticed, but um, it may be a combination of both. It probably is a combination of both. Cause, cause we, that, that's something that I keep forgetting about is, is that, is that I, I don't spend near the amount of time prepping food that I used to. It's like, it, it, you know, like when, when you eat carbs, everything has to be timed because soon oh, yeah. as you run out of glucose, you need more glucose because your body's yeah. used to it and, it and it gets dependent on it. But if you don't have it, then it doesn't really matter. And for me now, it's just like, all right, all right it's time to eat what I'm eating. Uh, bacon and eggs, right? Time to eat again. What do you mean? Uh, bacon and eggs. <laughs> it's like uh, salmon, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh. So what are, what are some of your favorite meals that you make? I, I, I personally keep things really simple 90% of the time. And that's what I actually coach my clients to do as well, because most people in this day and age, I mean, I'm, I'm working with people that are moms or grand, yeah. grandmothers and everybody like pre-keto, the way that people eat most of the time is just whatever's fast and easy, the things they know how to make really quick and easy, like family starving, what can get on the table really quickly. So I coach them, let's figure out how to do keto in such a way that's so fast and easy, it's easier than doing something else. And so I coach them to do like, let's buy pre hard boiled eggs from Costco and pre sliced cheese and luncheon meats and bag salad and, and just make it so easy that it's foolproof. And I actually eat that way most of the time. Probably a big influence in that is that I'm a single lady that lives with my cats and <laughs> eat cat food. I don't have to cook for them. So, you know, I literally like, you know, typically for, you know, I get hungry for my first meal somewhere around noon or a little bit later. And it's, you know, hard boiled and sliced, hard boiled eggs and sliced cheese. Or um, I found um, Good Culture is a brand of cottage cheese that ends up being really low in carbs, whereas most cottage cheese isn't. And so they've got one that's got some stevia sweetened in it. So I'll, you know, the, they've got a, uh, a type of yogurt or cottage cheese or something like that, or hard boiled eggs, or, you know, like today I actually, um, I grilled the flank steak and so that's three pounds. And so I sliced all that up and, uh, you know, probably the next couple of days I'll be eating that with 
maybe some lettuce or maybe not. Like I don't eat a ton of vegetables really. So it's, um, you know, those are examples of what I keep really simple. Now, my favorite meals, I mean, I love going out to restaurants and I've got people that tell me like, you're so good at keto at restaurants. Like someday maybe I'll start a podcast about that, but we can't go to many (laughs) restaurants right now, but you know, like uh, a really well, well made, not well done, but uh, filet mignon with, um, you know, scallops and some uh, veggies with some herb butter or something like that on it. That's, you know, something uh, that's very satisfying and top yeah. of my list. Um, and, 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 and keto, it's super easy because you can eat anywhere. Exactly. Uh, I, I don't remember how long ago it was that somebody pointed out the fact that like how much easier it is to go anywhere for keto, whereas yeah. you're vegan, it's not that easy it's necessarily. Paleo, though. Yeah. It was hard for you when you were the paleo. paleo diet. And, 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 I'm, and I'm still technically paleo I diet. Know, but because like you were eating just sweet potatoes and protein and like you're really cautious about your fat. Like, yeah, because really like I, I, I couldn't get carbs anywhere because no restaurants have sweet potatoes. And, and right. like, maybe I would do white rice still here and there, but I don't even like white rice. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the easiest ones. You know, give me any meat you got on your menu and a side of veggies, a double side of veggie if you want or and some butter, so. Yeah, really simple. Oh, okay. Big, big question. This is one of the most ex- this, this is one of the things that made me most excited to have you on this podcast <laughs> you like your wine from what i understand so well, so so you want to know about alcohol and keto right ketosis yep. yeah so uh i know a lot of people struggle because they want to drink alcohol and wine in the beginning of when they're very first starting a ketogenic diet and then they can't figure out like why they can't ever get it to work now Um, our bodies are weird this way. They're amazing in many ways, but they're very weird. It's because there's one enzyme in our body, acetaldehyde dehydrogenase. And if you can spell that in the show notes, then Colt's going to give you a prize. I don't know what it is, but um, (laughs) no cheating and looking up a line. Anyways, um, acetaldehyde dehydrogenase is an enzyme that does two things in the body. One of them is that when you drink alcohol, the form that it is that we drink it is toxic to the body. It's poison. And so that enzyme converts alcohol into something that won't kill us, uh, which is good. Um, It also, that same exact enzyme also takes fat and turns it into fuel. And when you're eating a high carb diet, you don't need, you know, most of that enzyme can go to detoxing the alcohol. Um, You don't, you're not burning a lot of fat. And so you don't need it to do the other thing. So in the very beginning of, of trying to get into ketosis, there's not very much of the enzyme to go around. And if you drink alcohol, because that will kill you, uh, it will divert that enzyme, whatever is around, to detox the alcohol, and there won't be much to um, be able to um, convert fat into energy. So the process of getting keto adapted means like your body is really good at burning fat for fuel and making ketones easily. And that takes consistently being in the state of ketosis and not going in and out of it, in and out of it. And so people that are doing, you know, carb cycling in the beginning or trying to drink alcohol, they're not giving their body a consistent period of time of staying in ketosis in order to get keto adapted, where your body is really resilient and can flex in and out of it. Um, So uh, if you try to drink alcohol in the very beginning, that's what happens. You keep kicking yourself out of ketosis. You suppress ketosis because your body's trying not to kill you from the alcohol and you never get to the point of being very well keto adapted. Wow. Um, 
So I have my clients take, you know, a 60 day vacation, take a break from alcohol, I explain all, right. all this how many, to them. How many days? 60. 60. Really um, that long, huh? Yes. <laughs> um, and, but also, I mean, alcohol does a bunch of other stuff as well that um, can um, like inhibit success to the max, right? So I promise my clients and their nine weeks of working with me initially that I'm going to maximize their fat loss for them. So most of them are losing 25 to 30 pounds in, in that nine week period. Now, if we're having alcohol, it's extra calories. Additionally, alcohol makes the liver suppress glucose production, which is what actually makes your blood glucose normal when you're not eating carbs. So if you're drinking alcohol, your glucose will drop and that makes you crave carbs because your body knows if you could get some carbs in right now to keep your blood sugar stable. So it, it's a very slippery slope for people in the very beginning. Uh, your body isn't going to it, you know, maintain ketosis very well. You're going to suppress your glucose production. You're going to crave carbs. Your appetite's going to be higher. And then your inhibitions are lower. So then you go, ah, screw it. I'll just eat this whatever that goes along with this drink because it's right here. Um, so it's just a recipe for not very good results because you'll end up eating more calories and also you're consuming more calories from the alcohol as well. So I recommend my clients take a 60 day vacation from that hmm. in the beginning for, to maximize the results. Um, a lot of them find as well, once they get to the end of that 60 days, that their desire for alcohol is so much lower because ketosis actually increases GABA on the brain, which is like our chill neurotransmitter in our brain. It just makes you feel like all oh, relaxed. And so a lot of people find that they don't want as much alcohol as they had before. Um, and then the at that point, most of the time. <laughs> what's that? Because that's the reason they drink it most of the time is to relax. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, some education. So, you know, the advanced modules in my course that people go through, I talk about like, okay, so now that you know, uh, here's some things to watch for with alcohol. You know, you want to get, if you're going to have wine, you need to be conscientious of, you know, fully fermented dry wines and how to find those. There's a couple of companies that specialize in those. And mm -hmm. I'm, a, you know, affiliated with one of them, which is Scout and Cellar that does clean crafted um, U.S. sourced. I mean, some of them are import too, but wines um, and also other ways. So actually the Dry Farm Wines guys taught me how to know that you know imported wines actually are going to be lower in carbs than domestic domestic wines because americans love sugar they actually don't fully ferment them so there's more residual sugar and then a lot of them actually add sugar into them so they taste uh. even sweeter um so things like that like for the most part avoiding domestic wines um and uh, so long you know long-term alcohol can fit within a ketogenic diet but giving your body that space to get keto adapted first. And then also then, you know, if you're going to have a drink, make sure you have it with a meal. So you've got a solid base of your body's able to maintain your glucose, slows down that alcohol um, uh, entrance into your blood supply. So then it's not, you know, impacting you as much as it would otherwise. So. Okay. Um, I want to ask you what some of your favorite wines are, but before I forget, um, I want to, so would, would you suggest that if I so I, I drink one drink every single day religiously mm -hmm. so, and, and, it, and it's always whiskey. It's always neat with like a drop or two of water actually, because it helps. There's a chemical reaction that happens that actually opens it up quite a bit more. And so I can enjoy more of the full flavor of the whiskey when I, when I sip it. And it's always right after my last meal, right before I go to bed, helps me unwind. And I love it. It's like my little treat that I look forward to. 
would you suggest and would you hypothesize that if I was to cut that out for 60 days that I would see an increase in fat loss and all other aspects of ketosis? Well, yeah, because if you understand oxidative priority in the body, which is the order in which our body burns different fuel sources. So you've got the proteins, fats, and carbs. Those are macronutrients. Those are fuel sources. But alcohol is also a macronutrient. Right. And so the order in which our body burns those is that when you drink alcohol, it burns that first. Because again, it's going to kill you if it doesn't. So any alcohol you're having is actually displacing fat burning. Um, you know, on, you know, just purely calorie for calorie, that's, you know, about what you're describing is probably around 70 or 90 calories that it would be coming from your, your fat instead. Um, and also when it's in that mode of burning that it's also, you're not burning fat at all. You're suppressing fat burning period. Right. Next, it's going to burn through carbohydrates. Um, so any, any carbs at all. Now, if you're just eating, meat, your carbs are super low. You're probably not going to have much in there to burn. You know, you maybe have like two or four grams of carbs in that steak you're eating, uh, you know, or eggs. Um, so it's going to burn that first and then it's going to be able to get back to, to fat burning. So yes, alcohol is always going to, um, displace fat burning. Wow. And not, not to mention the added calories too. So dropping that would be, would be a hundred less calories at the end of the day. If I'm having about one drink is about a hundred calories. Yeah. And you, you also may, I mean, you know, what I was just explaining about, you know, people having a hard time getting to ketosis, keto adapted is, you know, as fit and active as you are, you probably have an easier time getting to ketosis than somebody, you know, the ladies that I'm working with that are, uh, you know, have a lot of metabolic dysregulation. They're not very healthy metabolically, despite how hard they've worked at what they're doing. But uh, you may have more resilience as far as having that alcohol. But if that's, your goal, it is slowing down, you know, the fat loss rate that you, you know, would be experiencing otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just try- trying to see some more definition right now. And um, not that I feel stuck, but my goal, the, my goal the last month has not been to be in a calorie deficit so much as to really train my body to, to, to be, to fully optimize the state of being in ketosis and mm. I feel like that well, and that's that's hope. counter drinking whiskey every night's counterproductive to that isn't it yeah. <laughs> yeah and I just love it so much it's the one thing I was holding on to I was like man I'll let ev- I'll let everything else go besides my one drink a day but you know well, what? okay you're, so. you're used to training very hard for a short period of time so just think of this as like you know I, I use the phrase with my clients you're just taking a vacation from it so you know, yeah. if you can commit to a 30 day vacation from it, you can do that. You've done things way harder than that. And just knowing that that, you know, it's a challenge. It's a 30 day challenge of, uh, you know, the, the phrase challenge makes people go, I could do that. That's no big deal. Right. So it's not like your, your brain doesn't like to think about never, ever. Like if I said, Colt, yeah, you're gonna have to give that up forever. You'd be like, well, maybe I'll start that next week. Um, <laughs> But if I said you, I challenge you to 30 days without it, you're like, I got you. I'm going to, I'll show you. I can do 45. Yeah. If she, if she I, could, I can do it for 18 months. Just going to say in that. Three years. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, so far you have a new client and you've convinced me to, to, to go 60 days, no alcohol. Wow. This is, this has been a life changing episode. <laughs> well, good. Yay. I'm so glad. I mean, I'm so very passionate about what I do and, um, it really, it really feels like the reason I'm here on this planet, the gift I have to give this planet is to 
this information because we have so much misinformation and, and you know nutrition information that I get to unravel with all these ladies that work so hard and I just want to acknowledge for anybody who's listening to this that's a you know 30 40 50 year old woman or whatever age you are that um, you know our society says that people that are overweight uh, are lazy and they don't work hard and they they just you know they um, they, they have weak willpower they just need to try harder right but I got to tell you that everyone that I've ever worked with and it's you know probably 600 ladies that every one of them has more willpower than any guy who's been lean their whole life. You know, I always say that and not to, and kind of to pick on you, but not really specifically, I didn't no, know you before, but I, I always say like, you know, that 20 something gym rat that's always been lean his whole life. Like he doesn't have any willpower. Like he goes and eats pizza and beer on a Friday night. Like he doesn't know what willpower is. Like these ladies that are contemplating one more diet where they're going to feel like they're used to feeling uh, tired and, hungry all the time and moody and uh like so many things like so much discomfort like that's willpower that's determination that's hard work that's strength and tenacity and so uh you know part of what i'm mission out there is to change societies you know i'm starting with with helping my clients like acknowledge the fact that like i know how hard you've worked i know that you're not lazy and you have weak willpower you've just been told a bag of garbage about what to eat and what to try and let's turn it around and actually give you some freedom for once in your life about food and living and health and your body and and all of that stuff so that's uh that's my that's my soapbox uh uh mission wow. and and what i want to word i want to spread out there and the, to the world that's so powerful and you've clearly you've clearly been doing that yeah um what is what are okay so what what are, what are on on the go, going back to one? What what are some of your favorite wines? Well, so I I, I like the company Scout and Cellar. I'm an, an affiliate for them, and they actually they do what they call clean crafted wine. So it's all organic, biodynamic. Um, they test every single batch to make sure there's no residual pesticides and really low or no residual sugars in the in the wines and things like that. One of the things I really like it about some other like dry wines companies that are out there is that these are most of these are domestic varietals, you know, like they have Cabernet Sauvignon and uh, you know, even some red white wines and things like that that are varietals that people recognize. And um, they're all very, very tasty and high quality. Um, so those are that's one of the companies I really like. If I'm out at a, uh, a restaurant or, or, you know, this is all stuff that scout and seller stuff is stuff you have to order. Um, so if I'm someplace, I'm going to buy some, you're going to look for, you know, dry wines, which are usually like Cabernet Sauvignon or uh, Merlot or uh, Zinfandel or something like that. And then also looking for things that are imported. So like South American wine or Italian or French wine, those typically the traditional fermenting process, they fully fermented it, meaning there's no residual sugars in there. Um, and really the residual sugars is what causes the hangover. Uh, and so when yeah, you get yeah. that, you know, the imported wines are typically going to be fully fermented. Now, you know, one of the exceptions of that is like, I don't want to mention a brand name, but there's one like quickly fermented one that comes out of Australia that's really popular and really cheap. And the way that they make it is that like, <laughs> they, they, uh, you know, they is add it a named, bunch of sugar. Is it named to after it. a sweet food? Uh, no, it's got oh, a kangaroo on the label or something like oh, that. Oh, I'm thinking of a different one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> There's a bunch of them, but yeah. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. exactly what I was thinking yeah, of. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. So that, you know, they have, they, they don't really ferment them very long. They just like a little bit of fermentation, add a bunch of sugar and then ship it off and it's cheap. Wow. And, yeah. So, the, you know, so 
those are the things that I would look, I look forward that I was taught about how to recognize it because, you know, alcohol in this country doesn't have to be labeled with, you know, carb or sugar content. But what's been really cool in the last, I think even the last six months or so is that there's all these products coming out on the market where they're actually labeling the, the calories and the carbs. Yeah. Like truly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so you can, it's much easier to find stuff that is truly, you know, low carb, zero sugar, uh, you know, truly is, is lower carb, but um, there's even brands out there. There's that one have gram zero. of sugar in it. I remember having a drink of it and I, and, and I was like, oh, this is loaded with sugar. I'm sure I looked at the ingredients. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Like that tastes, it tastes good. Yeah. I found some out here. They're stevia sweetened even and stuff yeah. like that. And so there's just a whole market that's opening up about low, low carb is the, is the trend. <laughs> yeah. So I, I imagine you typically stay away from like Rieslings and fruity. Um, yeah. I've never really been a fan of white wines anyways. I mean, they do tend to, because they aren't fermented very long, they, they tend to have a lot higher sugar in them and yeah. they, I just don't like feeling hungover. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, you know, the being, you know, the ketosis suppression as well doesn't feel yeah. good either. So we, we, uh, we, we like our Malbecs. Do you, do you, do you do Malbecs? Yeah, Malbecs, are, you know, depending on where they come from, can, you know, can also a dry, considered a dry wine, yeah. Mm-hmm. We love, yeah. like, Argentinian Malbecs. And, and anything, from anything from, from anything from Mendoza. I don't think we've ever been disappointed with some with yeah. any Malbecs from South Mendoza. South America is probably one of our favorite. There you go. Yeah, usually most every restaurant you can find something that's from there, too, yeah. Yeah, and they're cheap, too. They're not very expensive. Like, Alamos is, like, what, eight bucks? And that, yeah. we like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've covered quite a bit. This has been. Yeah, you think I think either I am a keto convert now. Uh, yeah, we, we've we, we, we've evangelized and we we have converted <laughs> you into our cult. <laughs> All right. Well, this is this has been truly a pleasure having you on our yeah, show, Carol. Sure. Thank you so much for that. And I just want to laugh with Taylor about how he, oh, he's like crying about giving it up for sixty days and how you gave up for alcohol for nine months times two. So exactly. <laughs> oh, you poor thing. We're so sorry, Colt. Six days. How could you do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can do it. Um, if people want to get a fast and easy keto meal plan, I've got one on my website, ketocarol.com. Okay. Carol has an E on the end of it. So it's spelled just like Carol Baskin. Well, you've got some kittens out there. Uh, KetoCarol.com. You can find on uh, one of the tabs there, there's a free seven-day meal plan, how to keep it quick and easy and tasty at the same time. Um, I do, I have open applications for clients. So if you feel like you're one of those people that fits uh, my niche of who I work with, um, I would love to see an application from you. And after that, we talk um, personally in a video interview and see if it's a good fit mutually to work, work together. Fantastic. Thank you very much, podcast listeners, for joining us for the entire episode. If you found this as impactful as we did, we ask that you would please share this podcast and help spread the word. To make sure you don't miss future weekly episodes, please subscribe to the channel, and it would mean the world to us if you would return the favor by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes or whatever platform you are listening from. We will not be setting up on Patreon or any platform to receive donations. This content is our gift to you. If you would like to support the show, we do invite you to visit our website at supersetyourlife.com where you will find our retail pages for our very own Skull Bells commercial gym equipment line, hats, t-shirts, coaching services, and stand-up comedy booking information. 
On the website, you will also find the link to subscribe to our weekly newsletter with new product announcements, sales, and all information to be up to date on what's going on. Finally, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at supersetyourlife.com. Thanks again, and God bless.